Thank you once again for joining us on the Execute Podcast, episode number six. This is the nepotism episode. I'm having my brother, Kevin Dulce, CEO of 1990 on this episode. We're going to talk about family. We're going to talk about friends. We're going to talk about business. You don't want to miss this episode. Stay tuned. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Execute with Mr. Results. This is the nepotism edition. Um, we got my little big brother um, on here, Kevin Dalsey, CEO of 1990. Thank you for coming on the episode Thank you for today. Having me, bro. Truly, appreciate truly it. appreciate it. So I think this is going to be um, more of an intimate um, interview than we usually do. Um, we're definitely going to talk about business. Um, you're officially retired. You yep. quit your six-figure job from Wall Street. We got to talk about that crazy story because I don't think everybody knows that story. We're going to talk about family a little bit. So real quick, let's talk about your journey and how you executed. I want you to tell everybody the funny story about when you graduated college, right, and you were in Connecticut. I want you to tell everybody how you got your first figure, six-figure job at like 21. Mm-hmm. Was it? Tell everybody that crazy story. So I remember when I graduated college, I actually went to college pre-med biology, um, minor in business. So mm-hmm. when I went to East Strasburg University, they call it the Harvard of the Poconos, uh, I was a pre-med biology major because of my parents. It was, you're gonna be a doctor, you're gonna do this. I actually took my MCAT and everything um, while I was there. So I ended up going to Connecticut for a job I was selling doors, windows, and siding for a company called Power Home Remodeling. I thought it was a completely different job. It was a completely different title for the job. They were telling me I was gonna be a business development manager over there, and I was like, okay, this is perfect coming out of school. Um, It was all cap. So my first day on the job, they was like, all right, you know, you're here for the first day. They put me in a minivan, and they dropped me off in a neighborhood. And I'm like, wait a minute. Wow. They was like, yeah, you're gonna be knocking on doors and selling windows, siding, and roofing. You didn't know that until they dropped you off. I didn't know that until they dropped me off. Mind you, packed up a U-Haul, um, put all of my belongings in there, got a new bed, couches, everything, and moved all the way to Connecticut, six hours away from my family driving. That's crazy. Terrible, I probably lasted three months there. I ended up applying for jobs, applying for jobs, applying for jobs. My cousin was in New York at the time. Um, He was working for Google. So I applied for a job called Marcus Evans. Uh, It's an international uh, marketing firm that does uh, summits all around the the globe. So they have 63 offices um, in every country that you can think of. Mm -hmm. So I started working at Marcus Evans. I went there, there as a junior account executive. I worked my way all the way up to GM. I was making my checks were like 35,000. Like literally nice. like $35,000 checks. I was 21 years old and when I tell you I was blowing my money, mm. I was blowing my money. It was terrible to watch. Going crazy. I was in grad school, I was working on my MBA, so it was it was just a lot that was going on while I was there. I ended up coming back home um, because my father had a stroke. So I came back home, I started working for a company in Center City, Philadelphia. Same role, I was a director then, and I was making six figures again when I came to Philly. So I've been making six figures since I was 21 years old, and not a lot of people can say that they were making that much coming out of college. So me making that money 
me understanding corporate America, the mentors that I had within corporate America and understanding um, different type of wealth is crazy. I was around commissioners of the NFL. I was around um, CEOs, CFOs of major healthcare institutions and long-term care institutions, uh, different, every single type of corporation that you can think of, those were the people I was surrounding myself with and just connecting with and listening to how they got in the positions that they got. But that's not what I really, really wanted. I wanted more. So I remember, oh man, I was working for a company out in Harrisburg. It was a, it was a media company. I was their VP of strategic partnerships. I started working for a tech company. They consulted me over to work for a tech company out in California. So I was like bi-coastal mm -hmm. going back and forth for a while. And I was, when I first came on, I had got a deal. Mm -hmm. Now with that deal that I got in my contract, I was getting 5% ownership in, in the tech company out in California. So come to find out, my boss lied to me. He didn't even have any ownership to give in that tech company. And I felt so slighted, I was bringing in millions of dollars in seed funding uh, on the investor relations side to help this company grow to where they are today and now they're a conglomerate, right? So after I realized that and I sat down and I'm like, I told my brother to start his own company, why am I making these, com these companies hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars? Um, not seeing nothing. And not seeing nothing. I'm getting paid less than 1% on that, like 0.01% yeah. on that. Mm -hmm. I felt like a number. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was replaceable. I could be replaced at any moment. I didn't feel the value. I was stressing, I was driving. Uh, hour and a half to Harrisburg, hour and a half back home. I was avoiding traffic. Even though I didn't have to go into office every day, it was still, my time is valuable. And I understand that so much now as an entrepreneur that I hate my time being wasted. Mm -hmm. I hate it so much. Don't call me with no BS. Mm -hmm. Don't waste my time. As my brother says, I don't speak or meet with anybody for free because mm -hmm. my time is very valuable. So that was just my journey uh, before quitting my job. It took me seven years. It didn't happen overnight. Everybody thinks that that success stories happen overnight. My company's about to be, I retired two years ago in March. So my company is about to be two years old. I've grossed almost a million. Mm -hmm. So I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud of my company. I'm very proud of how far we come. I've said this since I was younger and I tell my brother this all the time. I don't care about a million dollars. A million dollars isn't anything. I wanna be a billionaire with mm -hmm. a B. That's it. So that's a great intro. So one thing I wanna take away from that is you talked about mentorship, right? And that's a running theme that we've been getting a lot with the guests that we came on. There was a, men um, there was a mentorship that says something gave some gems so what was one of the best mentors you had and a, a, a gem that you give to our listeners right now that they gave you one of the best mentors i had besides my brother because i don't want this to be super intimate and nepotism as he says right. but 
One of the best mentors I had was Amy Ramsey. Mm -hmm. Amy Ramsey changed my life. She was pretty high up over at Marcus Evans when I worked there. She taught me, <laughs> this is so funny, it's just the little things that she taught me. When you go to somebody's house, never go empty-handed. Mm -hmm. And I already knew that from my parents. But, but you were least, young when you met her. I was young yeah. when mm -hmm. I met her, so it was like, bring a bag of ice, ask them do they need any cups, bring a bottle of champagne. This is what escargot is. Like, mm -hmm. I learned so much just from being around her. Mm -hmm. Tape trainings with Napoleon Hill, having me read different books. It was, it was crazy about how much she taught me Tony Robbins, 10xing your business and just growth and strategy. I remember one day I was in the office and I believe I closed my first deal in the office and it was like a major, major thing. When you close your first deal, back in the back on Wall Street, they used to cut your ties. But in here, they had a dong. So every time somebody closed their deal, they got up, we rang the dong in the mm -hmm. office and it was like a really big deal. And she was like, this is your first of many. And just remember, with this being your first of many, things change people change and your life change. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. when I look at that now moving forward, the more money I made, the smaller my circle became. The more money I made, the, 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 the more I thought about more things that I wanted out of life. Mm -hmm. So like Jay-Z like Jay says, it's this line he says, uh, particularly about the money didn't, People say that you change because of the money you had, but no, I changed because I continue to grow. Mm -hmm. The and money didn't change me. Yeah, I changed. Yeah, because I'm a different person I'm now. I'm a different yeah. person now, and you stayed the same, same. So I can't surround myself with the same people who who aren't growing with me. I surround myself with people who already surpass me, where mm -hmm. I'm getting knowledge from, who are growing with me mm -hmm. moving forward. I love it. I love it. So I want to talk about. Um, shout out to Amy. Amy's an amazing person. Uh, when we when we first met. So that's what Wall Street did for you. What did you take from your, um, from making people, li literally, we're not gonna say the company's name, but the company's a billion dollar company right now, and you have parts in, in making that happen. What, what did you take from making people billionaires to uh, putting into your business right now? It's so crazy that you said that, so check this. If you guys aren't familiar with my company, 1990 Business Consulting, what we do is we aid entrepreneurs to start up their business and we aid them to become six-figure businesses. So whether we're helping you get an LLC or registering your business entity, we also help write business plans that give you the structure, whether it's within your operations, your marketing solutions, and forecasting your business to make sure that your company is sound. Mm -hmm. If you don't have good foundation, you're not gonna be successful. I'm not saying that every company needs a business plan, but I'm saying that it's smart to have one. Mm -hmm. So what I learned from helping that company become the huge conglomerate that they are today is that if I can make this company $100 million or a billion dollars, I can make anybody company grow and be sustainable strategically mm -hmm. um, to be a successful company. Excellent, so I wanted excellent. to give back to minorities, give back to entrepreneurs who don't have that education, who don't know where to start first, and make sure that they have all the tools, all the fundamentals that they need to become successful. Excellent, I love it. Now, we, we grew up in the same household, right? <laughs> so I remember, I remember this conversation sitting down with my dad. My dad, this was a cool story to say before, it's not cool anymore. My dad worked for Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, my dad actually used to work for Fred Trump, his father, so he knew his uh, Donald Trump's father. Uh, my dad, we, my dad, our dad was a property manager in New York. So 
I used, I remember when I told him, hey, I want to start a business. I never told you the story. I was like in sixth, seventh grade. He's like, what? He was like, no, you like got to go to school, doctor, lawyer. We're first generation Haitian, so mm -hmm. that's all they know. Your parents can only deposit in you what they know, right? right. So that's why it's very important for me and what I'm going to deposit in my children. I learn a lot because they'll only they'll only know what I know primarily, right? Right, right, right. So he's like, no, like, and he was like, your your, your father isn't rich, so you can't start anything, right? Because. Even he knew Donald Trump got his bread from his dad and his dad put him on. He's like, you don't have a, yeah, he's like, you don't have a dad that's going to put you on or whatever. And I was like, and, and then it stopped the dream, right? And then, so I went to college, got an education, and then I'm, I'm not going to bore everybody with that story, but I finally became an entrepreneur because I ran into the right people. Mm -hmm. So now I have something to deposit into, into our kids. So um, what, now that's my story with dad, right? Mm -hmm. What are, and he's our first mentor. What are some things that he deposited in you, good or bad though, that has put you on that you've taken now and that's important now? Look, <laughs> that's French for I'm a bad shit over all the walls of the house. But that, that's not that I grew up in an abusive household. That's because I was a tyrant. Right. I, I, I didn't want to listen to anything. I was the last child and I was, I'm the youngest sibling out of three. So, mm -hmm. of course, Herman's the oldest than my sister and myself. So, right. I was just running amok. I was a rebel. I got away with murder. As right, because you were the last. Say, because and, I the was the last. and the parents are tired. Um, yeah. By the time and, they got to you? Yeah, by the time they got to me, they, they, already, they already beat Herman to death. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Now Herman's the poster golden child. Alleged. Alle Herman is the golden child. Uh-huh. But my dad, his work ethic, no matter what. Facts. If my dad was A-type personality, mm -hmm. he was waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning. Sunday to Sunday. Every day. He, mm -hmm. would come, he would come home on Fridays because he used to work in New York. He would travel to come back to Philadelphia. When he got home, my mom would have food for him on the table. You know, typical Haitian household, take care of her men, their, their, their husbands. My dad would wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning. He would start raking the leaves outside, mowing the lawn. He would always find something, something to, to do. do. Always. And what he did to me was he used to wake me up. He was like, you want McDonald's? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely want McDonald's. Next thing you know, I'm at Home Depot. Next thing you know, I'm at Lowe's. Next thing you know, I'm getting gravel. Next thing you yeah. know, I'm learning how to change a tire. Next thing you know, I'm on the lawn outside from like 7, 8 o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. And now I'm not done doing all these chores till like 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. So just having that work ethic. When my dad got sick, when he had his stroke, we started to see the house fall apart. apart yeah. Did you remember that? Yeah. Everything started falling apart, like plumbing, Roofing, he used to the, maintain the, it. the toilet mm -hmm. stopped running properly. It was just little things that started falling apart. And we're like, what is going on? But then I started to realize that the little things that he did over a period of time was keeping the foundation sound. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's it's the little steps. It's the steps that you take to build that foundation to make sure that your house is structured in the way that you want it to be structured. And you can use that in the same business um, terminology the way that you build your business from the ground up, the little steps that you take daily to make sure that you can scale your business and grow your business and the services that you implement in your business can help you become, can help you get to $100,000, can help you make a million dollars, to help you make 10 million, 100 million, or a billion dollars. Whatever you whatever you desire to do, those little steps will help you get there. Um, I, I, wanna, I wanna reiterate that and hit it on the head um, one of the most important things our father taught us was consistency, mm -hmm. 
um, and hard work. Now, if hard work would make people a millionaire, everybody would be a millionaire. But the consistency, right, that, that helped me in my business. I wake up 5.45, 6 o'clock every single day, just like he did, right? Now, what I give my time to makes me free, but I work out every day, right? And then I put the time into the business, mm -hmm. right? I put the time into the investments, partnerships, relationships, going out, shaking hands, kissing babies, and Bella Sloan and Olivia Monroe has grown something ridiculous. But those seeds from seeing that man do that consistently all the time, I was like, well, he can do it, then I can do it. But I just channeled that energy into, into something different. So I want to talk about something a little bit more intimate, right? We talked about this um, behind the scenes real quick. So you missed this. You missed this family trip, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it's all right. So we had a family show. I think it was like five years ago, right? Yeah, it was definitely it was five years this year. Five years this year. Um, uh, my my man's is getting married. Shout out to to Judith and Bert. Um, they was getting married. Ten year anniversary. They got married young, by the way. Like I'm like thirty five. Are they ten years? In yeah. There? No, now they're fifteen. fifteen. Now they're fifteen. But there, yeah. but I'm in my mid thirties, and you've been married ten years. That's crazy. I know. Yeah. So he was bugging. But anyway, so uh, he's like, yo, let's go to Mexico. So we go to Mexico. And then we was like, yo, let's make it a family trip. So we got my mom, my dad, my sister, my nephew, my mom's sister, so my aunt, mm -hmm. um, Ashley, Ashley yeah. Kensley, our cousins. Like we just we was like, yo, we're just gonna make this a family trip. We've never done a family trip before. If you know anything about Haitians, they work, work, work. Mm -hmm. Vacations is like weekends when they go to church or something. There's no, there's no vacation. Mm -hmm. So we was like, we literally had to help our dad pack his 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 um his suitcase, literally. You remember, I remember that? I remember we was, it's crazy that you said that because yeah. I remember we were in the basement. Mm -hmm. and this All of when, us. And this is when, this is when I heard that my dad was going to have a stroke, mm -hmm. right? So I remember it so vividly. vividly. I remember that. We were in the basement. He was packing. He was actually trying on his swim trunks and his shirt. He had on a turquoise shirt mm -hmm. and he had on like these turquoise swim trunks. And he was like, oh my God, he's really like matching it, like full yeah, body yeah. matching it. Right. So he was like, yeah, you know, I was at the doctor's because I kept getting like these shocks in my leg. And, you know, I've been driving and it feels like my legs just like go out. Mm -hmm. Mind you, everybody else and is every, talking. Everybody's talking. Everybody's packing something different for him. And everybody <laughs> and stopped like, and was like, what? what? What are you talking about? What are you about? talking about? Yeah. One week later. One week later. Yeah. So we go So we go to Mexico. He has an amazing time. My family has an amazing time. This is the first time my family has ever left the country right. um, for vacation. Literally, no Disney World, no nothing. Mm -hmm. And my dad has a time of his life. Um, they're so disconnected. <laughs> from vacation, my dad didn't understand the concept of all-inclusive. I'm talking about we drinking, we eating. They, they got hotel credits um, to go swimming with the dolphins. So my dad swimming with dolphins, having the time of his life. My dad would have never thought he was swimming with a dolphin. He's like, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. And he's, I remember the last day he was there, You, won't, you um, I, I never told you this, he's drinking um, a mimosa sitting on the beach. And then we had like a two-second moment. We're not really touchy-feely, lovey-dovey type of family. Definitely not. Definitely not. But he was like, thank you. And I was like, for what? He was like, this is crazy. He was like, to sit here and to enjoy. He's like, this is crazy. I've never, I've worked 30 years. I've never had a vacation. He's like, this is crazy. So we get home. Got to wrap up the story. We get home. Literally the next day, my dad has a stroke, a debilitating stroke, paralyzed on his left side. Couple years later, he has another stroke, so he's he's totally paralyzed right now. He's he's bedridden, but I I brought this story up because I think it's really important because for me, and you could tell me your thoughts on this, the seeds that he planted in us, right, whether or not he knew it or not, 
led us with a, with a beginning seeds of entrepreneurship. Yeah. And now we are both able to take care of our mother and father in retirement because my dad got a social security check, a reward letter, right? He got a reward letter. The United States government during a pandemic cut his benefits from 1700 a month to 1100 a month, mm-hmm. right? This is, this is what he worked 30 years for, right? Cause he was supposed to get um, a pension Social Security and 401k. Mm-hmm. I think all together the check is probably two thousand, right? A little bit over, yeah. yeah, but but all three of those legs, right? That's what people are supposed to live off of. So when I stress financial literacy, when I stress, you can't afford not to fix your credit. You can't afford not to invest in yourself because everybody has an excuse for everything. Because everybody's twenty, right. they're thirty, forty, they're living well, well. But you're gonna meet the sixty-year-old person. You're gonna meet the seventy-year-old person. Who's going to take care of you? So I think we, we were blessed that we're able to financially take care of our parents. They don't have to worry about anything, mm-hmm. right? All their bills are paid. They're, they're definitely taken care of. So that's why I think as my mentor, that was the most important thing that he gave me to help him out. Now seeing your dad the way you see him now, what are your thoughts and the information that he mm-hmm. gave you and who, who you're becoming right now? Don't cry, bro. This is on TV. No, bro. I'm not like, gonna cry. It's on TV because I do emotional, think I, bro. I think about my dad constantly, every single day. Right, I right. I think about him every day. I think about um, his disability. I think about me, him possibly not being able to see my kids born one day. I look mm-hmm. at my, I look at my nieces and nephews and see the time that they spend with him mm-hmm. now. Like my dad is bedridden, and my nieces are climbing all over him. Like I want to go see Pop Pop, and I remember my dad used to take my nephew in the morning mm-hmm. um, when he was Malachi. in the crib, Malachi, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and that they were best friends, friends. Yeah. literally oh, yeah. best friends. Nope, right, going right. outside with Papa, Pop, my dad Pop. buying him a bike, like dude, literally yeah, yeah, all the yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. My dad used to call me Bobby. Mm-hmm. I don't know where he got this name from. It mm-hmm. does not match Kevin Dulcie at all, but my nickname was Bobby. My dad revoked me of the nickname and gave it to Malachi. gave it to my nephew. Yeah, yeah. My, uh, my brother Fitz was telling me about this story the other day. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he didn't even call you Bobby anymore. That was Malachi. Chalked. So, right. Just growing up around that, and my dad put a lot into me to make me into the man that I am today in mm-hmm. terms of consistency. Like mm-hmm. you said, I'm consistent in everything that I do, and when I feel like I'm inconsistent, I begin to get. In- anxiety and insomnia because Mm -hmm. it was put into me so young Mm -hmm. that you have to work for everything you want and you need to be consistent and determined for everything you Mm -hmm. want. Got you, got you, I I love it. So I always ask this final question Mm -hmm. uh, before we wrap up a show or a podcast. So how old are you now? I'm 30. 30, you're a baby, you're a child. (laughs) Um, So you're 30 years old, you've actually accomplished a lot in 30 years, right? And I always tell people this real quick, I don't think success goes like this on an incline. I think success is exponential. It goes like this because if I know 10 things, that means I'm not gonna turn it into 20. I could turn 10 10 things into 50. I could turn 50 into a thousand. So it goes up very quickly. So I not, because that's how money compounds, Mm -hmm. that your knowledge in yourself, you can compound your success also. Um, I forgot where I was going with my thought, but oh yeah, you're going to meet, you're 30 years old, you're gonna do a lot in the next 30 years, right? You're gonna meet the 80-year-old Kevin, right? Mm-hmm. You're gonna meet that man one day. What is that man gonna to say to you? Thank you. Okay. He's gonna say thank you for the time that you put in when you were younger. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being consistent. 
Thank you for staying determined because you wouldn't be sitting here <laughs> off the coast of Monaco, mm -hmm, off mm -hmm. the coast of Italy. Right, right, right. Sitting on your 100-foot yacht. You dig? <laughs> <laughs> Owning the NBA team. Right. You wouldn't be there. So it's a thank you. Keep being consistent. Keep working. Whenever I ask these people, far. whenever I ask people this question, everybody says something big at the end. So it's an NBA team on a hundred foot yacht on the coast of America. Mm -hmm. Period. Period. That's gonna happen, or it's gonna happen. I I, I love to hear it. So yeah. listen, um, real quick, I want to ask you one more question. So a lot of mentors in your life. You talked about Amy. You talked about your father. The lessons you learned at Marcus Evans. Somebody on this podcast, this TV show, is listening to something right now. You want to give them something real quick, real quick. Anything. Stop being lazy. Uh, it, stop being lazy. I know there's people who have, I've gotten a ton of people, and I want to touch on this really quick, and I mm -hmm. won't be yeah. too long. I've got a ton of people, after me and my brother gave this donation um, to somebody in Philadelphia. No, shout out to Saw It. I didn't want to say anything. Nah, nah, shout, shout out, out to, to Saw, shout out to Country Cooking. Y'all yeah. see it. Y'all see we it. We gave a $25,000 donation to her new restaurant. Mm -hmm. When I mean I was bombarded with people looking for donations just for handouts, that's not how it works. Mm -hmm. Okay? Saw put in a lot of work for her business. What she was doing, she was cap raising for her business. She was finding seed funding for her business so that she can grow her business. I know that certain people don't have the means mm -hmm. to get where they want, but I'm telling you, YouTube University is free. There are 24 hours in a day. I read somewhere that CEOs only sleep four to five hours a day, mm -hmm. okay? Put in the work, no matter what it is, and you'll be successful. That's a great gem, that's a great gem. So, people wanna reach out to you, um, they need an LLC, they need a business plan, give them your information. So you guys can reach me on Instagram on my personal page at kevinj.dolce, D-O-L-C-E, or at 19, N-I-N-E-T-E-E-N, 90 underscore business consulting. I know that was really long, but you guys can find me. The best number to reach me at is 215-902-6055. Welcome. Okay, you chalk. So you gave the internet your phone number, and this podcast is going to live forever. So it's, It is going to live forever, it's, and that's fine. It's a wrap. I appreciate you, Kevin Dulce, CEO of 1990. We appreciate you. It's been another episode of Execute. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. I'll talk to you soon.